0: So taking all of those, kind of composting, all of those roles together over time, ended up synthesizing into this role of imagination doula.
1: I love the language Molly Darling uses to describe the work she does and how she shows up in the world. I mean, imagination doula? What a gorgeous concept. So this episode really explores what that looks like and invites you to think of yourself as a creative, no matter where you may be or what you may be creating in the world. Welcome back to the show. I'm sure for any of my regular podcast listeners, you are excited to see me joined by a new face tonight. It's been a month of solo podcast episodes, but we are back at it in February with someone who is local to me. So I'm really excited to welcome Molly Darling to the show. She's a multidisciplinary artist and imagination doula, and she and I bonded over deconstructing, coming out, and of course, art. And they also just launched their podcast with their partner, Christian Rivera. It's called Behind the Studio Door, and you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. So Molly, first of all, let's start with this. You launched this brand new project this week, and I want to hear all about it.
0: Yeah. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Bridget. This is really fun. Um, I love that we met randomly at Muck Duck Studio over art and all the things, Um And yeah, thanks for the shout out for our new podcast. It's very exciting because I, um, you know, with my business, The Darling Revolution, I had a podcast of my own called The Darling Revolution Podcast for a long time that you can still find. There's like three seasons of it in the ethers wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, But I got to the point where I just got so (laughs) burnt out um, recording solo episodes into my phone and just like not talking to other people. It just got too isolating. Um, So I took a hiatus for a couple of years. And then last year, 2023, in May, I was invited onto a podcast, also local, called Behind the Glass, um, because I was one of the featured artists and they interview all the artists who are part of the show. And I got to meet my now producer of our Mm. podcast, Behind the Studio Door. His name is Chris Lindstrom. Shout out to him. He's awesome um he's the host of a podcast called food about town Mm -hmm. another local podcast um and when I met him and we recorded that podcast it was basically like he's got this amazing studio in his home it's like being on radio we've got this big custom table and there's like six microphones and we're live producing it feels like being on radio with friends Mm -hmm. right and so I had that one experience and I was like oh wait I love podcasting actually I'm realizing I just want to do it in a way that's like with friends and around a table and mm-hmm. collaborative. And so pretty much on the spot I pitched him this idea for the show behind the studio door, an idea that I had had simmering for like a year before that, but I was just like I don't want to do it by myself. So it's a good idea, but you know, um and so the podcast is basically myself and my husband, Christian Rivera, and our producer, Chris, all kind of sitting around the table um, talking about the art scene in Rochester, New York, and interviewing creative professionals in this city. And really, my whole goal is to uplift the creative community in Rochester, New York, because it's really something special, and I think we have a long way to go to elevating and showing not only folks in Rochester but outside of Rochester how fabulous it is Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm also really interested in like under the surface you know since the pandemic what does the inner and outer landscape look like for Mm -hmm. creatives in Rochester like how are people feeling what are they thinking about like how are they dealing with you know the world at large but then also their own personal practice so Um, We have one episode out so far. It's a great introductory episode um, wherever you listen to podcasts. And it's basically conversation between the three of us talking about all this and our creative backgrounds. And it's Mm -hmm. really, really fun, like really fun. So,
1: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So do you have any idea who your guests are going to be? Do you have some lined up or what are you thinking? Sure do. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, one of my superpowers... Uh, is connection and and booking yeah. people. Um when I met Christian for the first time, we actually met podcasting online. He was on the West Coast, and I was here in Rochester. and he assumed that I was like a producer of a show in LA <laughs> because of the way that I just talked about things. And when he told me that, it totally shocked me because I was like, what? I'm like, you know, a you know, a mom of two in Rochester rural upstate New York, just. <laughs> kind of doing my thing um but so i've been loving reaching out to people we already have six shows already um interviewed and we have a bunch more um coming so the the first interview that's going to come out is with our friend sally louise Mm, who's also part of muck duck studio She's a fantastic music professional. She was Mm -hmm. an opera singer. She's really skilled. Now she's like a singer songwriter as she releases her own music. Um, So, you know, musicians, we're talking to visual artists, we're talking to curators, we're talking to producers, we're talking to wrestlers, like all these comedians, you know. So, our um, definition of creativity is vast because Mm -hmm. my definition of creativity is vast and deep. It's like, it really is the life force energy that we all are imbued with as human beings. And we're all at different places of recognizing it and using it. And so my smuggle with everything I do is trying to get folks who don't see themselves as
1: creative to see mm-hmm. how they are. Yes.
0: Um, so, yeah, it's a very exciting lineup so far. And I can't um, say everybody's names yet, but there's some big yeah. ones coming <laughs> down the pipe. So oh my exciting. gosh.
1: Yes. I can't wait. Yes. And by the way, everyone, I highly suggest that you head out wherever you listen to podcasts and go subscribe now. So you get the updates when new re- episodes are released. I did, I'm already a subscriber on Spotify, so I'm super excited. Um, Yeah. So I guess thinking in that vein of like creativity and imagination, you bill yourself as an imagination doula. And the first time I read that I was like, Oh my God, that's gorgeous because my, I, I kind of think Thank of you. my, yeah, of course, I kind of think of my medium in art to be both language, words, and also the, the feeling that is embodied in that. And so mm-hmm. that thinking of the idea of an imagination doula got me super excited. So I'd love for you to just dig in and, and tell us more about that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I appreciate that reflection so much. And it's interesting because I, like you, have had kind of a varied career. Um, I've had, I mean, I'm 35 and I've probably had about 30 jobs in my life. Like I just really like trying lots of things. I mean, I'm an artist, I'm a creative. So I'm always like collecting these skills. Right. Um, And my background professionally is in facilitation mentoring I was before I left the evangelical church I was a worship leader and like a college campus minister for 10 years and so I have like that you know space holding ability even though it was in a religious setting it was still very much the skills of helping people connect to what they were having issues with in their life and just being there you know to hold space for them Um, and then I ended up you know, being a teacher for a number of years, I have a bachelor's and a master's in education. And so I've, I almost went for my PhD and then I got pregnant with my son. So that's like a different story. Um, but so all of that to say that my background is very much in you know training and active and reflective listening. And I ran a play therapy program called Primary Project through our local charter school here. And like, that was one of my favorite things. Um, And so taking all of those kind of composting all of those roles together over time ended up synthesizing into this role of imagination doula, which for me means that I help folks. I come alongside of folks and organizations and communities. So some of my clients are business owners and I'm helping them with the structure and frameworks of their business. And some of my clients are individuals and I'm helping them through A crisis or a transition. And essentially, I'm, I'm in the role of a doula, where if you're a birth doula, and you know, because you've you've done it before, which is pretty cool. um, You're not there to birth the baby for them. You're there to be right next to them the whole way, help them breathe, help them remind, like remind them where they are and what they're doing and why they're doing it. Um, And really just uh, gives me full body goosebumps even talking about it. It's just like really holding a person through a big transition. And the imagination piece is very much connected to my artistic practice. So I'm also a professional artist and have been for 15 plus years um, at varying capacities. And so that practice informs my imagination doula work in that I see creativity and imagination as the most important resource that we have available to us as human beings. And in a time when we, all our external structures are really changing and shifting. And there's like a a big deep sense of like tectonic plates of the structure of our society and culture and how we approach the world is really changing. And in order for us to move, you know, over the bridge from here to there of building a new world in the way that's equitable, in a way that serves everyone and not just a few people, like we have to have our imaginations online to do that. And so I see myself as really dueling imagination back into an active place in folks' lives in preparation for that shift, like in preparation for us needing people to be able to access their imaginations. And if Mm -hmm. folks are in a place of like survival or, you know, using their creativity to just get through the day, which a lot of people are, and that's not like, it's not bad or wrong, but it's like, we can do better for ourselves and for our society, you know? Um, And so to me, it's like, for those who can access their imagination, I'm helping them, access it in a way where it's not overwhelming so then they feel empowered and a sense of sovereignty so just like back to the doula work it's like you're giving a sense of empowerment and sovereignty and ownership over this process and you're really Mm -hmm. helping folks through it and it's fun for me because it's work that looks different completely depending on my clients so like I have a local client here that's a brick and mortar wellness space and you know I, I help her with ideation and like what's the next thing that she's focusing on in terms of building her community um, I have individual clients who are going through big life transformations and I'm helping them you know really in Voxer like voice memos every day being like you know you're doing a great job and like here is mm-hmm. the creative practice that you can use to move through this next big feeling you know? Mm -hmm. So it's fun for me as an artist, because again, like it looks different every day, but the core of it is the same. So. Uh,
1: Oh my gosh. There's so much goodness that I want to dissect with you in what you just said. I don't even know where to begin, but um, (laughs) I'm going to go back all the way to the beginning and just reflect to you that again, your language that you use is so like delicious to me, because I feel like we have this similar way of, of using non-traditional vocabulary to describe things that people might otherwise see as very mundane things. So like Mm -hmm. composting all of your roles together, like, oh my God, the imagery that goes into that. Yes. I had never thought about that, but as a, as a human design manifesting generator, that's what I do. I'm a
0: projector. Collect,
1: collect, collect, you know, (laughs) it's really nice. I love the, I love the projector MG energy a lot. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. But like that idea of, of, it's like, I feel like sometimes people tend to want to forget or throw away or discard or say, oh, well that was a failure. But what if we were to look at that as that's like compost is is what people would consider scraps but it becomes this rich nutritional like gold that can Mm -hmm. be used to generate new life what if we looked at our past in terms of compost um i don't know if you're familiar with sophie strand but this is really up i'm not but now
0: i should i should follow this person it sounds like
1: yes absolutely you will love her but um if we looked at our past in terms of this rich compost for the lives that we're generating, I think just that one shift alone could, could change the way that we view, you know, ourselves and what we're doing.
0: Yeah, I really
1: agree. And it's like,
0: it's a shift that, uh, you know,
1: I feel like I've fought hard for
0: understanding my life that way. Like it's um, it's come at the cost of a lot of, my own personal systems and structures being deconstructed and having to really look at them, you know, like in order to survive through divorce, through leaving the church, through having to figure out court and co-parenting and all these very real like struggles of life. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: It's gotten me, it's softened me to a point where it's like, Oh, now I can look back and see how all of this has become the fertile soil. Mm. Um, mm. And I, and I love that reframe and that shift. Cause I feel the same way about our world at large. It's like we we often talk about like burn it all down and all of these kind of like anti-language things. And while it's important for us to make those shifts, I think it can be a little bit throwing the baby out with the bathwater where it's just like yeah but then we end up burning down our whole worlds. and how can we actually be a little more intentional and creative and imaginative in using the structures and resources that we already have in place but shifting them to where it actually serves everybody you know instead of like starting from zero it's like how can we actually kind of tilt things a little bit or like shift one thing in a way that like systematically it really changes the flow, you know? And again, people need to be, have access to their imaginations to think about this shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you perfectly segued into this next note that I'd kind of pinned into our conversation about. So you, you talk about the process of, of dueling and being beside people through this birthing process whatever they're going through and i think we go through a lot of them in our lives these iterations in and you're familiar with this because you've you've birthed children in labor there's this point um traditionally called transition where Mm -hmm. you get you can see it and you can sense it like energetically around people but you get to this point where all of a sudden their face changes and it's like this wall goes up, this protective like bubble goes up and they are in it by themselves. And even as a doula, it's like this sacred barrier that, that you don't want to, you know, push into. Mm -hmm. I think that I'd be really curious hearing from you. What does that look like in a creative space? That process. Mm.
0: That is such a good question. Oh, yeah. It's really, to me, I'm still discovering in a lot of ways because, it's, like, working in a professional capacity as an imagination doula is still a relatively new thing for me. Like, it's been something I've been calling myself for a long time. And it's literally been this year that it's finally become fully baked enough, you know, like got all these pots on the stove simmering. And it's like, okay, this one's finally ready to serve, you know. Um, so I'm still in an emergent process of discovering that. But one of the things that I've noticed that's so cool. So I'll use one of my clients without, you know, sharing her information, but one of the one of the most beautiful shifts I hear is actually in voice, um, which is kind of interesting because it's like when you're in transition in a space of like birthing a physical baby out, you know, um, there's this moment where you start like growling, like there's this, Oh my God. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it Mm. like connects
0: you to your root is you're like, you're connected to your foot. Yes. You know, you're
1: just like,
0: yep. You are rooted and there is literally nothing that can stop this birth from happening now. Yep. Um, And I've started to sense that in this client. Like she came to me and her voice pitch was a lot higher. Um, You know, she was in a spiral. She's going through a personal crisis. She needed help working through it. And over the time that I've worked with her, I've reflected this back. It's like, your voice has gotten slower, deeper. I can feel it, you know, like I can feel the embodiment and the slow rooting process that's happening of really like, this is going to come to fruition. I can trust the natural process, you know, cause it's kind of like that with birth transition too. It's like, it's happening now. Like the process is the process. We can like, we can't not birth this baby, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and it's also really interesting that you talked about transition and like the point of no return that we're I don't know if you realize that we're actually recording on the pagan holiday in bulk. Which is, I, you
1: know what? Woo, I just literally got that moment from head to toe. Wow, yeah, it's literally that moment
0: that midway point between winter starting and winter ending that says it's not here yet, but it's definitely coming, right? Like it's happening. And yeah. I think the easiest way to tell that with my clients so far has been physical voice, like presence. Oh, you can tell yeah. that they're starting to really like feel solid in their sovereignty and to me that's the best the best feeling i'm like great i want to work myself out of a job with you
1: you know like yeah i want you to be able
0: to take this in because i'm not your savior i'm not the one who's gonna birth this baby you're gonna do it you know so sometimes you just Mm -hmm. need someone next to you who's reminding you yeah actually you're doing it
1: you know oh my god this is awesome because i was wondering why I've, I have been in this vein of like, there are certain topics that I think come through and I, they won't release me until the right time is for them to let me go. And this Mm -hmm. has been one of them that the idea of the, the idea of transition in these points in birthing processes. And we talked a little bit before I hit record about how there's one in death as well. There's a transition in the death process where that person just kind of like, pierces the veil and they're reaching the other side and like there's very little communication that we have with them anymore they're they're in that process Mm -hmm.
0: yeah they're transitioning they're on their way you know it's like same portal different directions
1: yeah so so of course we're gonna have we're gonna have background noise because there are children present and this is just part of Life and yeah. life processes. So it's great and
0: perfect. We both have kids. This is real life, y'all. This
1: is real. <laughs> yep, yep. But I, my thought was in. Oh, baby, hi. In this Aww. transition being so important this week, you saying that I think really confirms like the reason why it's it's that time in the season. It's that time. Planetary and like nature, I feel like is such a beautiful reflector yeah. of things that we often forget or rhythms that we often tend to leave behind. And it's so important to connect back to nature and back to like the planetary cycles because that's we're all made of the same stuff. And mm-hmm. we think that somehow we can rise above it or escape it. And it's like, no, but the idea of these seasons and these um, these transitions are here to inform us about how to better care for ourselves and each other and our planet.
0: Yeah. and so
1: That being an important concept this week, the concept of birth and death and transition makes so much sense now because the pagan holidays are so connected to the natural rhythms and cycles. Mm-hmm. So that's a beautiful. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, and it makes me think too about, you know, the idea of wintering. Like here in upstate New York and Rochester, we have a really long winter and it's like so gray and can have the potential of being, you know, so depressing, kind of like a meme at this point. Um, and yes. I used to really, really dread the winter time. And it's really interesting as I've been in this personal process of listening more and more to nature to the seasons to my own body's cyclical nature it's interesting how when you don't um kind of resist the energy of a season then you're able to take the lessons from it that it needs it's like no being plant or animal is in bloom all year long if that was the case they would not survive it's like You need fallow seasons where the soil can suck and rest. (laughs) And so it's like, and what that looks like for us is, you know, more sleep, literal, you know, mama bear hibernation moments. And it's like, how can we find ways to more and more an emergent level, listen to ourselves, listen to our bodies, listen to nature, even as we're in the midst of a society that's not there yet. You know, like Mm -hmm. how can we imagine our way to a better way to be in reciprocal relationship with nature and, you know, have our marketplaces and the ways we relate to each other align with that as opposed to some, you know, outdated industrial notion of how we relate to them, which like it had its place. It really brought civilization to to where it is now and also we're not in that phase anymore you know like we need to care for our earth and our bodies and it's like listening listening is like really the common denominator here between everything it's like I listen to my clients is the main skill that I have and it's just like helping them to listen to themselves and to their natural rhythms so
1: yeah. Oh my God. Oh, this is so beautiful. I feel like I feel like waves <laughs> bouncing back and forth off each other, but I know <laughs> that, that listening you're tying in, I think really harkens back to this concept of how you've noticed the voices in, in your clients. Um, mm-hmm. I had a podcast guest and I'll send people back to to her episode. It was Carol May Wittick and, mm-hmm. um, She talks about how she coaches her clients through vocally this same process, um, how rooting in and finding a home in their body and in their voice changes, shifts massively things for them. Um, and I, and I want to, I want to tie this all together. There's, there's definitely something kind of magical or maybe just extra earthly about the idea of listening, of nature and of sort of this hum, this like ever present hum that there is. Mm -hmm. Um, I found myself the other day on my yoga mat, like releasing this guttural hum through my meditation and it felt like my body felt so good with that resonance.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, it I really, just, it physically clears you it does. Like, That's such a good
1: practice. It totally does. I think like my cells felt like they were getting shaken and like cleansed. And and I'll even say it, my dog, who's going nuts right now, came and laid down on me as I was doing this and just like totally grounded. Ooh. So Um, yeah. I mean, I think if, if people are listening and they're like, okay, how does this apply? You know, what can I take from this? Because I always love to give some nuggets of what can we do? What can we take from this conversation? Simple, simple things like finding a home in your own voice, like just, just practice humming or oming or whatever the the sound is that you want to release and and go up and down and find this spot there is a spot for me when i get to that note that mm-hmm. feels like home it feels grounded and it feels really good like find that and just do that on every exhale mm-hmm. and see what You can happens. feel it in your butt you can it's true your root like the best chakra. way to say it
0: it's like you can start high like with a yeah. high note and they don't have to be on like they don't have to be tonal, right? You don't have to yeah, be a good yeah. singer to do okay. this. You just start with a higher note and slowly lower, and then you can really feel the resonance you going do. through your body. Yes. Um. I also want to add too that if folks who are listening are like, okay, this all sounds well and good, but I really have no clue how to actually like start by myself because I'm yeah. just spinning all the time. Um. I actually have a substack called The Blanket Fort with Molly mm. Darling, and it's a month and basically I have daily prompts that Mm. just are gentle. So we just finished our January challenge, which was called create and hibernate. Mm. And as opposed to a normal, you know, like, or a traditional January challenge of like pushing yourself and like making the whatever it's like, uh, it's softer. It's like a challenge to really show up and check Mm. in with your creativity. But Mm -hmm. it's also some days I'll be like, Hey, this feels like a nap day. Y'all need to take a nap, you know, Um, and it's a really beautiful community in this little digital blanket fort that we're forming that, you know, even if you aren't in a place where you can hire me as an imagination doula, which, you know, is like a different level of work and depth. This is an easy access way to start playing with listening to your body and listening to your creativity. And, you know, I give prompts that folks don't usually think about, you know, like, I'll send you a song or a poem and ask a question related to it. And it really like, you know, using my teaching chops there. It's really, really yes. fun for me.
1: <laughs> yes. So
0: if folks need a place to go to land like that, the blanket fort is available for you. Um, and like, there's a mama in there who has toddlers. And she always talks about how she loves that. It. It's the blanket fort because finally it's a place for us that I don't have to clean up after myself. <laughs>
1: oh yes i was just thinking how like this idea of blanket forts like when i was a child we used to like flip the couches and throw the blankets over and like hunker down in there like that was such a beautiful space as a kid and i love that you're calling it the blanket fort like that just gives me all the warm fuzzies this idea right yeah exactly yeah um i would love to continue talking with you forever, but we have guests who are gonna wander in and scream in the background periodically. Babies. <laughs> and so I think I think that we're gonna wrap up. And if we need to do yeah. another episode, we're gonna do another episode.
0: Absolutely. But... <laughs> I love talking to you, Bridget. Yes. This is oh so my gosh,
1: too. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you're so I've I've named I've actually named the the painting on the wall that I got from you. Um, And I gave her the name Sophia because it's like the feminine embodiment of wisdom. Love, 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 love this concept of like the feminine and the fact that she's putting herself back together and like remembering is my thing where like Mm -hmm. you're an imagination doula. I have this thing that I'm obsessed with about like each of us. Already has everything we need for our purpose. Like we came here and our job is to remember it, not to find it. Mm-hmm. It's already within right. us. Put yeah, together. it's like
0: we have it. You have it already. It's just like, you know, life and responsibilities just is like detritus that kind of covers it up. And I just help yeah. folks clear those pipes so you can yeah. hear yourself, you know. Yeah. So, so thank you so I, much for I having me. I look me on at the her show.
1: every night and I think about you every time I look at her, which is kind of neat. So yes that's amazing I cannot wait I, cannot wait to I also started time.
0: naming it's really Ooh, funny that okay. you say that before we wrap up because I I know I so I sold that painting to you before she had a name and I love that you named her Sophia my three newest paintings are actually named uh Ophelia Aurora and Celestia so I'm like oh they're all wow. sisters like, what the
1: oh fuck? my god <laughs> Again, like crazy body. Like I'm surprised my hair is not standing on the top (laughs) of my head right now. That's really freaking cool. I love this. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap us up and then I look forward to having another conversation with you very, very soon. So thank Sounds you everyone great. for joining us. Of course, um, I will send you all to Molly's links in the show notes, and we're going to send out some links to everyone who we've mentioned, because we just have like a rich community of creators here in the Rochester area. So even if you're not local, yeah. please check them out and support them. Um, we do appreciate it. And thank you to all of my listeners for showing up for another episode of Passionate Pursuits. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Passionate Pursuits, powered by Corns Coaching, LLC. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe now. This show is completely ad free. So if you gain value from listening, please leave a review and share with a friend. I am so grateful for you.